5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Oh, I knew you'd play it, Ben. I knew you would. Gotta love the cheesy 80s hair metal. There was a t- well, there was a couple of times, if you think about it. Brett Michaels, he, you know, he had this run here in the 80s, right? Yeah. He had the reality shows. I remember that. Well, that's that was one of those, is he still in the league moments? And he was. He was still in the league. He's a little older, but he was shooting a shot in the league in like a second act. Yeah. And those girls who liked him were now middle-aged like he was, and they were on the uh All I'm going to say about those girls show. is he, uh, he definitely had a type. I'll put it that well, way. No, he, he definitely did have a type, yes. That, that's, that's, that is true. Were you a big Brett Michaels reality TV show fan? I know you like reality TV no, shows. No, I really don't like reality television very much. Oh, you just I watch just, a lot of it. I just happened to watch it. I yes, got you. Thank you, Ben, for pointing that out. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Intern Ryan is here. The docile tones of Intern Ryan when he speaks. Got a big old smile on his face. Not dancing. No, he's not. I not a big he, hair metal fan. He's not a headbanger, apparently. Got a quaff of hair that might get, you know, a little out of sorts if he headbangs. So I understand that. Uh, ben Byram across the way. It's a Jim Zoki day. Hey, Ben. And uh, that is Zoke there. There you go. Uh, ben Byram. <laughs> So the most awkward hey Ben in the catalog yeah, right now. Yeah, there's some awkward ones. There's <laughs> some awkward ones. Uh, we'll catch up with Zoke at the bottom of the hour. So we've got to hustle because we've got uh, got some of that to get into. I'll give you uh, an overall kind of run through of uh, and thoughts of the ECU game. You know, obviously the first drive was really good. Donnie Kirkpatrick can script a first drive now. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, I... Obatosho, I, I was impressed with him. UCF's good. That's that's they a are. great football team. That's a great football program. They didn't move up in the rank. I don't even think they cracked the top ten. In my opinion, they're a top ten team. Well, when you look at it with Oklahoma and LSU winning, they got a good chance to the playoffs this year. I mean, those are two well, teams. Well, now that, it all depends on what yeah. happens with you know we're going to let Ohio State in because they're Ohio State. You, you, yeah, you're right. What's going right. to happen with the uh, Pac-12 when they start playing? You know, in, on New Year's Eve or whenever they're playing, and, and uh, just the whole thing uh, from that standpoint stinks. But you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I really thought uh, I know Hayden Chase Hayden fumbled, but I, I I thought he ran hard. I was impressed with the way he ran. Obviously, everybody was impressed with the kid uh, Mitchell. Uh, Ehlers had his moments. I didn't. I, I thought Holton forced it. He had to move. He was on the move a lot, and they were forcing him to throw across his body a lot of times. Well, that offensive line still gelling. That's there's still a lot of new pieces well, in that, that they offensive were, line. They, they were playing a bunch of men. Yeah. On. Uh, yeah. Saturday. No doubt. I mean, that's that. You know, Mike Houston had said it. Coach Houston said it. It, it is the best team that ECU is probably going to play this year, and I just we could have ECU could have played a perfect game. And still, the score could have been in that same neighborhood. And and I really like the game plan, you know, despite the turnovers in the first half, I like the game plan of trying to run the football, shorten the game, get it into the second half. Uh, I think coming up, that, that 
coming up empty and then they score near the end of the half. That that the, there's a couple possessions where those transactions occurred. Yeah, and you and instead, you know, even if you just hold on to the football uh, near the end of the half, you don't even need to score, or maybe you get a field goal. The fact that you give it back to him and then it goes to a twenty-point game. Yeah, that that, goes rough. that was a little bit of the backbreaker, and that kind of, in my opinion, uh, may have been the beginning of the end uh, of that. But uh, I, know, I know the UCF's score. Amazing. The score doesn't really replicate it, but I think that was a very winnable game for ECU. I mean, UCF well, gave us plenty of opportunity to capitalize. Well, now that, from that score. standpoint, you're right. UCF didn't play their best game offensively, defensively. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the kids they got up front. Uh, are unbelievable. Uh, I mean, major athletes. And uh, they look like a top 10 program defensively. Oh, yeah. Uh, to me. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to get redialed in. Uh, they, they, you know, they maybe weren't, at least on offense, not as dialed in. Although, I'll, I'll tell you this. I really thought uh, Dylan, I was impressed with Dylan Gabriel. I know you guys were too, talked about it on the post game, you and Trent did. But I, I thought Dylan Gabriel, uh, with the four touchdowns, 400 yards, uh, he he's just he's so poised. And when he did have to move, it wasn't this sort of um, he's mobile when he needs to be. He, well, he was yeah, he was able to move when he moved the pocket when he needed to, but he just even though he's you got a little pressure on him and he he moved away from it, the way that he is focused downfield. I mean, you could just tell he's a making the big play. veteran quarterback. Yeah. And, I mean, Holton showed flashes of that. Holton showed some, some flashes of, of maybe not some good decision-making. Ehlers did. Uh, we'll get into all of that uh, in just a moment. Uh, let's run through the overall weekend winner and weekend uh, worst here uh, before we uh, get some of our ECU sound. As well, as we mentioned, we got Jim Zoki, bottom of the hour. Our guy, Chris Sutton, Captain Chris Sutton. Saw him Saturday in the box, and he's on our TV. One of our, our vast bank of TV monitors here, he's on the local TV news. So that's a good thing. There you go. Uh, good to see him on there. It was great to see Chris the other day. Uh, they interviewed him apparently earlier. For uh, it's crazy it's, stuff it's going not on. for a good reason. No, but... I know. It's, I, I was going to say it's good to see him on there. The reason's not good. Uh, it's kind of a sick reason, actually. All right. Uh, weekend winner, weekend worse. Here we go. It's time for weekend winners. Yes, I win. Game over. I win. And the weekend's worst. Worst day of my life. What do you think? Here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I think you got to go UCF as a weekend winner. I mean, that's a that's a that's a great football program. They reload. They're not rebuilding there. They're reloading right now. So let's give them a weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. I think the most impressive debut was this kid KJ Costello and Mike Leach in Mississippi State. Oh yeah. And they could have lost it at the end, but they did not. Mike Leach was almost hired at Tennessee. I love Mike Leach. The guy who's the uh, AD now, I think Curry. Uh huh. At Wake, you got it. Check on. I, okay. He he had Mike Leach hired, and then Philip Fulmer and all those other teethless hillbillies got all bent out of shape. So they stuck with Jeremy Pruitt, huh? Well, they hired Pruitt. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, you know, they're going to run the football. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. could you imagine? I mean, Mississippi State is not exactly college football royalty. No, even though they're no, in the not SEC. at all. You know, Tennessee's had some, a level, uh, obviously, a pedigree of success that you could put them in the upper echelon. Maybe yeah. not right there with 
but I mean, pretty, pretty damn high up. And they don't take Mike Leach. And all Mike Leach does is go in. And I know LSU had 14 guys drafted, but all they did was go in and beat the defending national champions in their building, basically. So a weekend winner, Costello was awesome. 623. I mean, that's that's a season. Four or five passing touchdowns or more than that? Well, I, I believe it more was than, a lot. It was unreal. So Mike Leach, KJ Costello, huge lid lifter for Mississippi State. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Before we leave college football, we have some weekend worst to hand out. You blew it! Weekend worst. Oklahoma blew it. Our guy, uh, that uh, Tyler Com- Tyler McComas, who does the uh, show there in Norman. Mm-hmm. Ooh! Like, Not he happy. was chewing, spitting nails wanting to get on the air today. <laughs> and just tweeting about... I think he needed a therapy session. Poor because guy. they blew it against K-State. And, I mean, Kansas State, other than when Snyder's coaching them, stinks. And they rallied, scored the final 24 to win. That was a, an amazing game Saturday. That was an amazing comeback. By I think Kansas their playoff State. hopes are pretty much done now. Well, but you know what? They always seem like, they, and sometimes it's more the middle of the year, they'll drop one, and then they've got to beat Texas. You know, again, I know. It's a I very a glaring little, hole. I have a little say. bias in this. But I think UCF right now, I mean, that team I saw Saturday belongs in the yeah, no football doubt. playoff. They'll get there. I hope. But are we going to let a six-game-played Ohio State in or a Oklahoma team that blew a lead at home? I mean. Hope not. Hope not. But, I mean, the unfortunate thing for the Knights, they can't lose. Uh, NC State was awful. If NC State can't control the – Virginia Tech didn't even have all their players. It's a weekend worse. You blew it! Weekend Wars. And then my dad, the coach. Love the coach. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he he would go to those Duke football games when they were 0-11, 0-12. He'd sit through that. He's loyal. So, you know, finally get home, and I just kind of flipped it over around, see what was on, watch the end of the uh, Mississippi State LSU. Caught a little bit of the Duke game. Duke goes down, they scored. I think, oh, this kid that played at Clemson that is now the Duke quarterback. Chase good Bryce. Look. Chase Bryce, yep. good-looking kid. Looked like a million dollars. That guy's going to the league. Oh, he starts off very hot. Oh, he finished badly. Duke had seven turnovers. Oh. That kid had four interceptions. So that's a weekend worse. Let's go to the pros. Uh, weekend winner, Ben. You're a winner. Weekend winner. We had. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say our Carolina Panthers. We'll talk to Zoki about this at the bottom of the hour. But about Tom. I, well, they snap a 10 game losing streak, and I thought looked. I mean, defensively, I thought looked really, really good. I thought they were a whole lot better defending the rush than they mm-hmm. were in previous games. They were a big, big step up. And I think that they, when they had things go against them, they didn't let it affect. Them. They didn't they cave playing. in. Yeah, they kept playing. This is uh, Matt Rule. Cut 18 on the vast soundbite roster. Matt Rule fumbling his way through thoughts on his first win. Let's play it, Ben. Uh, I felt relief. (laughs) You know, when those games come down to the wire, it's like relief. It's like, all right, we did it. Um, But I'm just so happy for the guys. I mean, mean, for some of these guys, it's been 10 straight losses. You know what I mean? I don't really carry, carry that around. For me, it's been two, and I see where we're headed. 
but you know, when you're a young guy and that's all you hear, I mean, it can start to weigh on you. And so um, I thought today was the best example we've had of playing as a team, you know, guys having each other's back guys, picking each other up. And um, you know, I just was, I was proud, but I was really excited for those guys. You know, they, they played hard and, and at the end they found a way to make it happen. It wasn't some magical call, you know, we, we, uh, uh, it was an ugly win, but it was a win nonetheless. I know Matt rule. Wants uh, I to, felt relief. I, I, yes, you did. I know Matt rule wants to throw uh, the ball around. They want to score a bunch of points, but in the heyday of Carolina Panthers football, when they have put together winning seasons, they win ugly games like that on the road where you run the ball, you rely on special teams and your defense and that's what happened yesterday. It was Ron Rivera-esque yesterday in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Even that 2015 season. And so I was comfortable with what I saw yesterday because it reminded me of the Ron Rivera-Cam Newton era. You know, eke one out on the road. Well, that hook and lateral. Woo! Good stuff. We're going to talk to Zoke about that. That, that. If that had gone, we'd be talking a totally different story. Uh, Russell Wilson. Five touchdowns including the game winner, Weekend uh, Winner. You're a winner. Weekend Winner. Or as the local TV anchor called him, Russell Wilson. No, Williams. That's what he called him. Russell Williams. Ago, Russell Williams. What a pro. Good grief. Um, MVP? It's early. I'd, I'd say he's leading right now. No doubt. He's got to be the MVP right now. All right. Uh, weekend Worst for the NFL. You blew it! Weekend Worst. Uh, Eagles, obviously. I mean, you try the 64-yard field goal, right? You don't punt it and finish in a tie with the Bungles. That Super Bowl season's looking really fluky right yeah, about it, now. It really is. I mean, they're talking about today they're not going to bitch Wentz. I mean, there's a guy who's... Wentz's look bad. Awful. Awful, awful. And and big, big picnic. They could have, you know, kept him, even though he threw the big pick. Uh, but, you know, they got rid of Nick Foles, right? You let them. We had a great game. Uh, Jets have not led in a game this year. They have not led for one single second in a the game. They're on three, and they have been outscored by 57 points. You know what that means? Do Garbage. the math. They're getting out. They're getting beat in three games by 57. It's like 19 a game they're getting beat by. That means they're in the sweepstakes for Trevor is what it, what it means. I think so. Uh, Falcons blowing a 26-10 lead. That's become laughable. Did they – is, is he still coaching? Did they get rid of their coach today? Dan Quinn? Yeah. He's still coaching. He's still there. I mean, I just thought back-to-back weeks. I mean, they like Dan Quinn. A lot of people do. Uh, weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Say what you want about the NBA and the political statements they've made. Uh, that's turned a lot of people off. Say what you want about LeBoring, I mean LeBron, but he's been to the finals ten times now. I mean, that's that's he's an all-time great. No, no, not I mean, the goat, I, but he's an all-time. No, great. he's up there. And I and if you know the Heat, isn't Ryan a Heat fan because he likes the the alternative he likes the uniforms? uniforms yeah. yeah, the Miami Vice uniform. I gotta give Miami a ton of credit. I mean, that's kind of a fun young. Denver-esque kind of team. There's not that. I mean, very physical. There's not that one guy who's like the dominant. Now our guys counted out in that on that yeah, team. But our guy Bam, Adebayo, who is uh, Boko, he talked about uh, the mentality after Game Five, prior to the Heat knocking the uh, seas off last night. This is Bam. After the game, 
uh, after game five. You know, I, I put that on myself that my teammates would never, you know, would never have that type of type of performance for me again. And for those 48, for those 24 hours, I was locked in. You know, um, and my family know how I get when when I play bad or especially we lose. Uh, I, pu I put that on my shoulders because I feel like I could have did something different. So tonight I did something different. Came out with being extra aggressive. You know, just just locked in after the game. This is a little bit of a breakout for Bam, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? It's been an awesome year for Autobio. Yeah, All star year. Yeah. Uh, weekend uh, winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. How about the next two days uh, and beyond for at least a little bit? Wall-to-wall -wall baseball. Like from noon to three in the morning. Yeah. All right. That's a weekend winner. Here's a weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. Wall-to-wall -wall baseball. <laughs> I mean, they've let... Two teams with losing records in this thing. The Brewers play? Uh, Brewers, the Brewers and the Astros have losing records and are in this thing. And I understand it's the 16 team, but I mean. Come on, Brewers. The whole thing stinks. Well, baseball's fun, though. Uh, weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. You want to say Joe Montana because they let some crazy woman sneak into his house in Malibu. Uh, yeah, he defended his, his grand granddaughter. He, he kept his grandchild from being abducted, but I'm going to go with his wife, Jennifer. Getting it done, number one. Yeah. And getting it done because she fought off this crazy woman and saved the baby. I mean, he was contributing, but she was like Jerry Rice, really leading the way. Yeah. Doing the heavy lifting there. Right. So that's a weekend winner. Here's a weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. Whoever was responsible for the test for Georgia State. Oh, my. I mean, you cost Charlotte a home game. Almost cost us our game. And, and almost cost the Pirates this game. When I heard Coach Houston after the game say something to the effect of, you know, well, that. I forget how he worded it, but it made it sound like, oh, there'll be a game. Like he'd been, you know, he'd got word that maybe there was something afoot. Yeah. Do you have anything real quick? Uh, I have a weekend worse. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. Man, him going over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson's looking really bad right about now. Aren't Even they 3-0? They're 3-0, but it All ain't because of Mitch Trubisky. All that matters. I'll tell you that He's much. He's a game manager. I thought you had a weekend winner. Uh, yeah, I got another weekend winner. Okay. Antoine Cadobin of the Stars has been playing lights out. Let's hear the horn. Light the lamp here. You got oh, look at Ben getting it together with production value. The, uh, the the former goalie of the Hurricanes, ever since he's left, has played lights out for the Stars. Easily one of the best goalies in the playoffs right now, in the NHL playoffs, throughout the whole playoffs at that. Love Antoine Cadobin. Mm. Dobby, my guy. That's fine. It's good. I would say we let Ryan, but he he gets very poetic when he does this, so we have to skip over Ryan. Today. Okay, all right. He's a, maybe, he's, maybe he's a strange week, dude. I'm sorry, Ryan, but you're, you're a weird guy. Ryan, if you need to take a, a and just dig hey, an elbow into his ribs, take go your right best ahead. shot. Take your best shot. Look at you. Are you, you? I let you talk and you get all worked up. Calm down. Are you on something? No, What's going no. On? I'm just. I, I'm lost just your mind energy. in there. I'm bringing that energy you're right challenging, now. You're bringing something. You're challenging. I, I love Ryan. Ryan. He's, he's a funny guy. You called him a 
But I like his odd or I something. I like his weird quirkiness. Okay. That's his thing. Ryan, don't sue us. Please don't. If you do, sue Ben. Don't sue me. The forecast coming up, and uh, we'll run through some of the cuts in our pirate report. Straight ahead. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. ECU football on 94.3 The Game. Because you can't spell Pirate Game Day without us. Oh, yeah. We're pumping you up pregame all the way through the final whistle and beyond. Right here on the Pirate IMG Sports Network. Get your ECU football fix thanks to our IBX Media Pirate Partners. Transportation Impact, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsea. We are the Pirates of ECU. 94.3 The Game. Back to the P-Man. And that's Bubba Fooster. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. So uh, tonight a low around 69, brother. Tomorrow a high near 80. And as the day uh, moves on, especially into the evening hours, we're going to have a better chance of uh, rain. Tomorrow night we could see uh, some severe storms. Uh, and that could linger into Wednesday, 60% chance of rain. But this is apparently is part of a cold front. And then really nice temperatures. Weather was beautiful Saturday. It's a shame that people couldn't attend the game and tailgate and all that. Uh, 75 Thursday, 71 Friday. Saturday, 69 for a high, brother. It's going to be chilly when we come in here on uh, Saturday morning for our Pirate Game Day Countdown, uh, driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Let me give a shout-out to our crew. Uh, the show got a lot of nice comments uh, on that, both uh, from folks here in the, the building, but also uh, a few Pirate fans uh, out there uh, reached out to me. And uh, great job uh, by everybody here. We'll be back at it at 9 a.m. Uh, Saturday ahead of ECU and Georgia State. Uh, Mike Houston show is coming up tonight at 6 here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll get to Jim Zoki in a few minutes. Let's work in a couple of cuts here, uh, and uh, let's do so in our Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Uh, let's uh, get coaches uh, talk here on improvements. Uh, cut three, I guess, areas uh, where they need to improve upon. Uh, Mike Houston, post-game Saturday, discussing that. Well, we got to improve. That's it. You know, I think that uh, the kids kids showed that they're going to play hard. The kids showed that they're going to play with some physicality and intensity and energy. That's a big key. Uh, but we got to eliminate the mistakes. Uh, I was hoping that we wouldn't have those in the first game, you know. Uh, but, you know, reality is, and, and I know this, I've coached in a lot of first games, is uh, you usually go through that. Uh, you know, I, I, you don't have the turnovers. You don't have the penalties. It's a different game. But you know, we did. So you got to fix them. Uh, you know, we've got a very, very talented Georgia State team. I got to watch a little bit of them against uh, Louisiana Lafayette uh, 
uh, last week and just a really, really explosive athletes. Sean's done a great job there building that program. Uh, well, we got our hands full next week, but, uh, you know, really want to focus on this film tomorrow and uh, get our corrections made uh, before turning everything to Georgia State tomorrow night. All right, and that was, of course, uh, Coach Houston after the game Saturday. We'll hear more from Coach Houston tonight at 6. So let's uh, get to some of the player audio. Holt Naylor's talked about the uh, game mistakes. Cut 13. Yeah, I mean, I think you said there were turnovers. I mean, I think we had drives going there. We just stopped ourselves. Um, it starts with me. I had a fumble. Um, I got to be better. And, I mean, we're just going to work this week and, and get better from that. But, I mean, obviously we started hot. Um, you know, we, we felt like the game plan was good just going into it. And we wanted to – you know, we knew that their first quarter was explosive and, and we wanted to be that way too. And I mean, we were other than turnovers. I mean, if we don't turn the ball over there, we got drives going. And then uh, Holton talked about the running backs because uh, a lot of uh, talk of the preseason centered around the running back room. This is Holton Naylor's uh, on uh, in particular, uh, I believe. Well, yeah, let's just play the cut here. They're talented. I mean, I've known that since the day I got here that they were talented and, um, I mean, each, each game, each snap is experience for them that they're going to be better. I mean, they're going to be great backs here. They already are pretty good. And, um, I mean, I think that, I mean, the more they get in the passing game and the more pass blocking, the more that they'll get in. And, and really, because, I mean, the run of the ball is not their issue and they just got to continue to grow. And, I mean, as any freshman do, I mean, they're going to make mistakes. But, I mean, we all kind of made mistakes today. It's not just them. Can we squeeze in the Xavier Smith cut real quick? Let's do that. Uh, Xavier Smith talking about the tempo and execution of uh, the Pirates on Saturday. Um, I mean, our game plan was to come out swinging fast, and I feel like that's what we did. They didn't expect for that to happen, and then we seen what was going on. So we was just pressing, like, keep the keep our foots on their necks and, you know, just keep doing what we're doing, make the plays we need to make. And then as the game went on, you know, obviously the tempo, I feel like the tempo kind of got us just a little bit, not really, because we was handling it well throughout the game, but we just got to do a better job executing and, like, making the plays we have to make. And I feel like that. Like that one, like we had a couple of us, you know, hurt us, obviously. So we just got to make the plays we can make. All right, that's Xavier Smith. Uh, we uh, also had it announced today that uh, the Pirates will play 7 o'clock on the 10th against uh, South Florida. That's the day I'm doing both the pre and the post, like the old school days. So uh, looking forward to that 1 a.m. Uh, postgame show. Ben will be – Ben claimed he was going to be home and be asleep. I, I told him. It's at 11 at night, not 11 in the morning. You won't be anywhere near asleep at 11 at night. Come on, if the come game, on. If the show were on 11 in the morning, odds uh, are you'd probably be asleep. I'm fixing my sleep schedule, all right? Fixing. Uh, ben is fixing to tell you what's going on right now. Jim Zoki in a few minutes here. Don't forget the Mike Houston Show coming up at the top of the hour. That wraps up today's Pirate Report. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barman here for your 94th through the game sports update. Well, it's no secret that the Pirates had a rough start to the season and a losing 51-28 effort against a very tough 11th-ranked UCF team. Pirate head coach Mike Houston talking about the defense following the loss. I think uh, I think our, our our speed and our movement, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, just some just some good things to slow down UCF. Uh, and I think that's what you got to look at against a team like that. I mean, that explosive an offense, you're never going to completely stop them. But if you can slow them down, then that gives you the shot. And that's what that's what we did. You can hear more from Houston as he talks about the Pirates' performance and previews the upcoming matchup against Georgia State right here. Following the show at six on 94.3 The Game on the Mike Houston Show live. 
from Logan's Roadhouse. For college football, UNC has added a December 11th game against Western Carolina to make up for their canceled contest against Charlotte. That was originally scheduled for September 19th, but was canceled due to COVID-19. The Tar Heels will, of course, host the Catamounts, and it will only be the third meeting between these two teams, with the Tar Heels winning their previous two games. From the NFL, it's a highly anticipated matchup between two high-powered offenses with former MVPs at the helm. As Pat Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs take on Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. That matchup kicks off at 8-15. Two players confirmed to be out for this game as Ravens corner Tavion Young will not suit up and Chiefs defensive end Alex Okafor also will not play. The current spread has the Baltimore Ravens as the three-and-a-half-point favorites. From the Washington football team, defensive tackle Mike Ioannidis has suffered from a torn bicep and will miss the rest of the season. Ioannidis is one of the most productive players on the football team's defense, recorded 16 sacks since 2018. Meanwhile, star rookie defensive end Chase Young left yesterday's game with a groin injury. We're still awaiting results on the status and nature of that setback. From the NBA over the weekend, the NBA Finals are set as LeBron James the LA Lakers will face his former team in Jinley Burton, the Miami Heat. Washington native Bam Adebayo had the game of his life, stepping up and scoring a career-high 32 points, 14 rebounds, and 5 assists. If you're a 94th Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barham. We'll, have, we'll hear from Panthers Radio Network's Jim Sokey with his thoughts on the Panthers' first win since November of last year, next. More of the Pat- Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943thegame. Oh, a friend. At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943thegame and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 943thegame and 943thegame.com. We were able to talk to Jim Zoki for the first time in NFL game week. In 11 weeks, we're talking a Panthers victory. How about that, Jim? How about that, Zoke? Well, thanks for taking the shine off an otherwise positive. Um, yeah, it's been since no, it's last great. November. Yeah. I mean, in real time, it's it's been last year. But, I mean, if you just do it on You're game right. you week. Did. You, you did. You actually made it sound shorter than it was. Right. You said 11 game weeks. So, yeah, it's not as bad as saying – um, last November, which would be 10 months ago. Right. <laughs> exactly. Actually, almost 11 months ago. Well, I know. It's October now. Jim Zoki. Yeah, so anyway, it's yes. a victory Monday. It happened, and yeah, they won the game. Jim Zoki with the Panthers Radio Network. Uh, we, we've got our show, top of the hour, Mike Houston, his radio show. Listen to the coach of the Pirates right here. Talk about uh, the season opener and, and the game with Georgia State coming up oh, on man, Saturday. Man, I caught some of that first quarter. Gee whiz. Yeah. Tough. What was going on with Central Florida? They had like 19 false starts. They did. They had a ton of penalties <laughs> in that game and still won uh, by three scores. I mean, they're, they're a good football team. They're a great football team. Yeah. I, I think they're a top 10 uh, football team. And they're a great program. That's that's what they've become now. You know, just a tad undisciplined, but yeah, the talented team. Well, but I mean, just so much talent. And and I'm sure yeah. they're, they're, I'm sure those film sessions, uh, whatever day off they had, be it yesterday or today, whenever they've had those film sessions, I'm sure they have not been rosy film sessions uh, down, in, uh, <laughs> right. down in Orlando. Uh, but Zoke will be on tonight with Mick Mixon and, and Eugene Robinson, and they're going to have a lot to talk about tonight uh, on Panther Talk, which will be heard over on 107, uh, excuse me, 103.7 WTIV. So uh, just a little dial hop, and uh, we've got you covered here for the next little while as far as uh, football goes. Uh, Zoke's here with us. Jim, what were the big takeaways from you guys uh, yesterday as far as uh, what you saw? Uh, you know, I thought 
the, the, I thought the team showed a lot of, especially defensively, uh, grit and togetherness yesterday. Good coaching terms. Yeah, Coach even used words like that in the Zoom today. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you were giving up 32 points per game, basically. The first two games, you gave up 16. So you're right. I think you start with defense, first of all. It's easier to win games in college or pro when you, you give up 16, not 32. It puts a lot less stress on your offense. And so they showed, I thought, a lot more pressure on the quarterback. Coach said today they had 22 quarterback pressures when they had like five in each of the first two games. And finally, got the first two sacks of the season, they had no quarterback sacks in the first two games, so they did that. Uh, so I think, yeah, that defensive pressure and uh, getting the takeaways, uh, counting that failed uh, hook and lateral at the end, we had four takeaways and no turnovers. So you go plus four, the giveaway takeaway. Uh, I thought those were some of the big things that happened. You know, I, I, you, I think, tweeted this. But, you know, if that play works at the end of the game, not only are, are you and I talking with a pit in our stomach right now, uh, but the narrative uh, of the Chargers, the narrative of the rookie quarterback, the whole thing changes. You, I mean, you, you sort of go from goat to goat in a way. I mean, alternate ending would be seismic. Think about if they go 99 and a half yards and they finish it off at the gun with a hook and lateral play. Yeah. And I'm telling you folks, go back and look at it. If that flip is made, he scores. I mean, it's just like everyone was going with, with Keenan Allen on, on that, and he pitches it back to Eckler. Nobody could have shifted in time to get to Eckler over those last 15 yards with his speed. It was a brilliant play design. Yeah, I was just glad. Great play design. High. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Mike Davis was, I mean, I'm serviceable, and I don't mean that in a eh, kind of way. I mean, I, I thought he, he really did a fine job yesterday, uh, and, and it was – you know, fairly dynamic. I mean, I, I, McCaffrey light. I don't mean again that in a disparaging way necessarily. No, well, he, you're right, and he provides you know the ability to keep running your system, running your offense because he can catch the ball. So he ran. He's physical running back, mm-hmm. which we know McCaffrey is. He had that big run that was physical, like 25 yard run. I, we saw the week before he had like seven catches late in the game the week before against Tampa Bay, so he can catch the ball and he can block good enough too. So what it does is it lets you not get out of your, your personality on offense where you just kind of run it knowing that you don't have an MVP candidate doing it, but a guy that can play the role. And we saw Curtis Samuel carry it four times. wasn't really effective, but at least they, they've got that toolbox uh, ingredient for the future. They've got Bonifant had a couple nice runs but they just let him carry it the two times. But I thought, yeah, Mike Jones did a solid job yesterday. How about um, how about uh, the, the performance, Jim, uh, by uh, Joey Sly yesterday? I mean, he's, you know, taken a few knocks here the first couple weeks, but, uh, I mean, he, he might be uh, special teams player of the week. I don't know if they've announced that yet or not, but, uh, I mean, he's, he certainly, I would think, be among those considered in the NFC. Yeah, five for five on field goals and – Beyond that is now 15 out of his last 15 going back to last year. Funny, we knocked down field goals and we always miss extra points. So we had mm-hmm. a blocked extra points and we had a breakdown in the protection on that. Uh, he missed four extra points last year and, and some of those were altered, I'm sure, by the protection. And then on special teams, how about J.J. Jansen getting back to that play where he downs it at the one-half yard line, the long yes. snapper running all the way down there to down the ball after a long review and, and getting that done for the, the most tenured Carolina Panther on the roster right now. Well, let's talk about that play. By the way, Jim Zoki, the lovely and talented, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Zoke, uh, tonight on Panther Talk, 7 o'clock on 103.7 WTIB, Eastern North Carolina's home 
for your Carolina Panthers. Uh, Panthers also will be heard on 103.7 Sunday. A 1 o'clock kick against the uh, Cardinals, and uh, they yep. lost yesterday against the Lions in kind of an interesting, a little bit of an upset, I, w- I would say. Uh, Panthers, noontime, airtime on uh, WTIB Sunday. Uh, those guys will tell you all about it uh, tonight. Uh, it, it's With that play with Jansen, it's not you have to keep it out of the end zone so much as you have to kind of secure it and, and show, I guess, a, uh, you know, there's no forward momentum. You maybe could explain it better than I can, but that's kind of my interpretation of, of why it was down to, you know, inside the one. Yeah, that he showed it as brief as it was, that he had the ball secured, his feet were stopped, short, and then Jeremy Chin ran into him and started it all over again. <laughs> so, and, and, yeah, it was by a whisker. It was barely stopped in that, but upon review, that's what they decided. It was funny because then he flips it to the next guy, uh, Taylor, and then he flips it to Jermaine Carter. And by that point, it's botched. His fourth guy involved in the play. It was like this Keystone Cops moment there. But uh, I was hearing the Yakety the Sacks in the background, by the way, during all. I mean, that's Yeah. The dude, the Benny Hill music. Yeah. It was just like it was crazy watching that going on. And so, um, yeah, it was just uh, a great play by J.J. I mean, think the, the guy who snapped the ball, the long snapper, first guy down the field there. Uh, to down, it was a terrific play, and uh, it was. And he thought he did it. I mean, to his credit, you know, JJ was arguing that he'd done it, and he looked up and saw it on the video board when they called it correctly. Uh, Shaq Thompson uh, seemed to be all over the place yesterday. Which, uh, if that can yeah. continue on any level, boy, is that a positive? And he's one of the guys, you know, one of the few, along with McCaffrey, that they've invested in. That was a carryover from the old regime with a four-year contract, and they did that. In October of last season, knowing full well they weren't going to bring Ron Rivera back at that point, but they liked Shaq. And he had 13 tackles, had that huge uh, uh, kind of peanut punch, but with his knee, where he forced the fumble that was uh, recovered. And uh, also apparently helped out Brian Burns in a big way on his sack, Mm -hmm. that uh, strip sack, in that apparently in that play, Burns was thinking it's going to be run, and Shaq tells him, he alerts him, it's going to be a pass, and then he takes off. Pins his ears back, as he said. It goes after the quarterback, and next thing you know, you've got a forced fumble and, and a takeaway there. So a lot of things. It's like a Luke Keekley kind of moment, uh, who always knew what everyone else was supposed to be doing at a certain moment in the game. Yeah, uh, We've got Jim Zoki with us uh, here. What were uh, some of the post-day-after uh, thoughts of Matt Rule after he picked up his first NFL win? Well, you know, like coaches are, it's, it's never perfect, and it was not by any means perfect beyond that final drive. The red zone was, you know, again, Joey Sly, that's great. He made five field goals. It's also not what you want. You want touchdowns, not field goals. So they got to improve that. And he did basically said, you know, we weren't able to run down there. That was the main thing. And you didn't have McCaffrey. So that's probably part of why. And you also didn't have Russell Okung, your left tackle. Right, so right. you didn't have him play. And then you're rotating different guys in. Uh, and then also um, third down overall, you were third, three out of 12 on third downs, 25% offensively uh, in the game there. So there's some things certainly to be cleaned up on, on the offensive side and, to get more production, I mean, again, you scored 21 points, but it wasn't three touchdowns as it would sound like. It was a bunch of field goals and one touchdown and one blocked extra point to get to 21. Well, but, you know, Jim, it, it, even in the heyday years, in the, in the salad days of uh, Carolina Panthers football in a given year, Panther, if you're going good, and I know different regime, different philosophy with Rivera, but, I mean, it seems like when Carolina's had sustained success in a given season – they win games like that. And yep. and to me, you know, I, I know Matt Rule wants to score, score a bunch of points, and I get that, but it just seems to me you're on the road across the country, 
this is just really something to build on in my mind. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little Pollyanna here, but I, I mean, to me, it just it looked like a a a really tough, determined football team yesterday. Well, and you were in control most of the game. I mean, it was eighteen to seven, so it wasn't like you know you, you there were fluky things that happened. You earned all those takeaways. Um, to me, yeah, I'd rather have a really good defense. Again, I think we'll keep you in the game every week. I thought. Like Phil Snow was kind of taking a little bit of a beating mm-hmm. because they had, you know, no, it's almost like unprecedented, no sacks in two weeks. And we're not only got one quarterback hit in two weeks, like, you know, unprecedented, like minimal numbers coming out of an NFL defense. What the heck are you doing? And then by halftime, they had three takeaways and two sacks yesterday. So it just shows you week to week how things can change in the league and teams adjust. I mean, I think they came out very conservative the first two weeks, not wanting to give up big play after big play with Troy Pride Jr. starting at cornerback the first week and a bunch of new guys. I mean, you, they played nine rookies yesterday. They, you know, at the times you've got four rookies playing defense at the same time out there. So I think they were right to have something of a conservative approach. It didn't work. They were still giving up 32 points a game. Uh, but I think they were right to not give up, you know, 80-yard touchdowns out there and try to give themselves the best chance to win and not worry so much about getting pressure on the quarterback and then having Tom Brady exploit you with his wisdom of just throwing right over the top right. of your blitz and the next thing they're running down the other way. How much was everything aided yesterday by a – you know, it's one thing you come off the bench, you're, or you, you're not really off the bench, but Tyrod Taylor has the bruised uh, situation with the shot the week before and you're kind of thrust into that. And maybe you know it's adrenaline. It's 100 miles an hour. You 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 know and 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 what have you. Uh, now you got the whole week, and it gets in your head a little bit. We've seen this with Carson Wentz, perhaps. You know that's the word out of Philly. Um, you know, but how much of yesterday was was aided by a quarterback making his second start? Yeah, I think you know certainly some some rookiness. Even though he had good stats, three hundred thirty yards, almost led a remarkable drive at the end. Oh, yeah. He's good, yeah. first of all. He, yeah. He's good, um, but it's a little bit like that pitcher that gets called up from AAA at the last moment, and nobody knows his stuff very well, and they're kind of guessing. And then it, they always say, "What's like it, within a baseball game? Once you go around the order twice, they figure out what you got, and it's harder for a pitcher to get through." You know, Herbert was a nobody knew. I, I watched that game from last year. I went back and watched it. Jim Nance and Tony Roma, they had no idea why Herbert was playing. Like, this is the greatest kept secret. This never happens in the NFL where they change <laughs> quarterbacks and nobody knew it all week. How did they practice? Because right. he wasn't practicing with the first team. So teams say we prepare for the other team, not their players. But quarterback's a little different. It wasn't like they put in a new left guard or a new middle linebacker. I mean, they changed quarterbacks at the last second. So, And I watched that game. They scored an opening touchdown drive with Herbert running it in. So I think um, – there was a little bit of a shock value that maybe hit Kansas City in that game defensively. Yeah, yeah. And then for Herbert, he's good. But, you know, any rookie quarterback, I mean, Josh Allen's so much better now than he was two years ago. Uh, you're going to make mistakes and be raw, and your first instincts would be to run and to throw too hard and throw too high. And she saw a little bit of that. But Herbert, he's going to be a good quarterback. You can just see it. Do you think he, Justin Herbert, starts for them the rest of the year, uh, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, here's the only reason he won't is if Taylor when he becomes healthy is Anthony Lynn is very loyal and old school and that classic don't want to see a guy lose his job to injury. But I mean, you spend a top 10, you top six pick on this kid. And if he's playing well, why would you stunt his development just to go to Tyrod Taylor? So it makes all the sense in the world. If he's playing at this level, to just let him keep playing and keep getting experience. All right. uh, Ben Byram, uh, our producer has a question for you. What's up, Jim? Hey, Ben. Hey, um, so a lot was made about the rookie safety, Jeremy Chin, coming into the season. And I'm looking right here. He had 12 combined tackles in that game, played 100% of the snaps on defense. 
I just want a little bit of your thoughts on the highly touted rookie in that game. He is, as advertised, Phil Snow said before the first game, the defensive coordinator, you guys are going to love watching this kid play. I mean, he was just like gushing about him. I mean, this is out of the box rookie, you know, fresh out of college at Southern Illinois. It wasn't like he played in the SEC. And he has just come in like he's been doing it his whole life. And um, he's, he's related to Steve Atwater. So there's that comparison. But he is good. They play him all over the field. He's an aggressive kid. He hits hard. And you need that thumper in the middle of your defense, especially at that safety position. So we've not had that in a while for the Panthers, having that, that real thumper that, again, he plays linebacker safety. Uh, so you got Justin Burris playing the true safety spot. But, I mean, he's a hybrid. So, he's yeah, he's a linebacker. But, to me, he's built a little bit more like a safety, even though he's playing that linebacker spot. But I, I love the way he plays out there. So you get a very good, well-thought-out question from Ben, and now I'm about to bring it back to idiocracy here. So – Tonight, Zoke. So the usual show. Yes. Zoke, tonight, you know, uh, 90-day fiancé, they're in the tell-all stage now. We didn't want, we watched a smidge last night, just a smidge. So we've got it, you know, in the queue to watch tonight. I am putting okay. my foot down and refuse to watch the 90-day because I actually am excited about the Monday night football game tonight, Kansas City and Baltimore. I'm, I'm actually, for once kind of pumped up about Monday night football. Patrick, you are the king of your castle. You are the you are going to rule, mm-hmm. but I, I believe you're going to walk into that house and it's all going to wilt away in the first minute when she tells you what you're actually going to be watching and what you're going to be having for dinner yeah. and, and how that's going to go. And you'll just say, okay, I can watch the game tomorrow. After I yeah. it. Or I can, <laughs> I can wait her out till about 8 o'clock, 8.30, when she usually goes she to bed. And then I'm, you know, I'm usually in bed... 20 minutes after that, but still I could try to you wait pour, her out and then you can pour the glass of wine, right. second glass of wine. Next yeah. thing you've got the remote in your hand <laughs> and you win. <laughs> I came home, Patrick and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. So this is a true story. I didn't know you were going to bring this up. So last night I was watching the, I came home as late because it was, even though we didn't travel, I didn't get home till like nine o'clock last night from doing our post game from the game. And then I come in, I have to get ready for Monday morning sports. I did that while watching the Saints-Green Bay game. I come mm-hmm. into the bedroom. It's like going on 11. And I said, because she's been watching this, the, her show, the 90 Day Fiance, for a while. I go, can we watch the news now? You done with your, your mindless TV? And remember, she's a double major from Chapel Hill. I mean, right. she's smart cookie. I mean, but she watches trash TV. And uh, I said, can we watch the news? She goes, it's the tell-all. I'm like, son of a <laughs> Not the tell-all. It is the tell-all. I, go, it's a, I Listen, said, is the tell-all more important than the pillow talk? Is it like a big oh, deal? pillow talk's garbage. Pillow talk is straight <laughs> trash. Let me tell That's you something. I go, you watch the show, now they just talk about the show, but they play the whole show while talking right. about it. Right. Here's the, the thing about pillow talk. And here's the thing about this whole series. I hate everyone on it. I don't. I none of them the have any redeeming qualities about them whatsoever. None of them. None of them. But I, I cannot quit watching it. So now they've put the pillow talk where cast members that I hate are talking about the current cast members, which I hate. Why would I subject yeah. myself to that? Why? I, I just don't like. I can't stand the show. I did. They're all despicable people, and they're yeah. awful. Now and you know just, what will just, you know what will DVR tonight? One of your faves, Below Deck Med. That is a good show. That is a quality <laughs> show. That's tomorrow That's night. Not at all. That's tomorrow That's night. Just, we get out of football. It, we watch. We'll watch that tomorrow night. Just the general premise of rich people going on these yachts and being talked behind their backs the entire time yeah, by the great. people serving them is all I needed to know. Right. That's that's it's a fantastic look, we often talk about if we hit the, the lottery number, Jim, 
will go on one of these cruises, and I've decided Absolutely. that I will invite the Zokis to be because you got to take an entourage with you. In in um, homage it. to uh, your fandom, I will take I will take you and your wife when we hit the lottery and we go on one of these. Uh, Let's do it. And we'll be obnoxious, and they'll talk oh, about it. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. will be tremendously obnoxious, more so than we already are. Uh, Jim Zoki, catch him tonight, <laughs> 103.7, Panther Talk at 7 o'clock here in eastern North Carolina. We'll talk to Jim next week. Zoke, we appreciate it. All right, Patrick. Thank you, and Ben. After uh, we wrap up business here, Mike Houston show at the top of the hour. Check it out here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the Pirates. Don't forget, tomorrow we will have uh, Coach Houston on as a guest. Our weekly conversation during game weeks with the coaches, the Pirates prepare to take on the Panthers of Georgia State down in Atlanta in the old Ted Turner Field. They've redone that whole situation. Uh, we also are going to have a Panther Talk, the uh, aforementioned Jim Zoki. Uh, they'll be on 7 o'clock over on WTIB 103.7. So check everything uh, out there. Uh, we already told you, Coach Houston, tomorrow, our Pirate Game Day countdown, driven by Doug Henry. I got my Doug Henry. Uh, that is coming your way 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Get you ready for ECU in Georgia State. Don't forget the no-quarter postgame show after every right, uh, radio network broadcast here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, thanks to Jim Zoki for being on. Great job by Ben Byron producing, as always, Across the Glass. And uh, props to intern Ryan as well. Catch you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. And uh, who do you got the game tonight? Real quick, Ben, real quick. I'm going uh, Chiefs, even though they're a, uh, last I looked, three-and-a-half-point dog. I'm going to take them as a dog on the road. Yeah, I got to go. You got to go Chiefs. I think they're Until just they get a, beat. Yeah, but I, you got to go Chiefs. They still got that continuity, that chemistry. Yeah. So does the Ravens. I just think they're the better team. It's going to be a great game tonight. All right, we'll uh, maybe talk about it some tomorrow. Patrick Johnson Show.